Hello, my multi-potentialite friends. Welcome to the Multipod. It's great to have you back with us. My name is Vanessa, and in this episode, we are talking about queerness and the experiences of LGBTQ2S plus folks who are also multi-potentialites. One of our Puttyverse members, Niusha, made a post in the forum all about this topic, and I was inspired to make a podcast episode about it. You may have even seen the post highlighted in the puttylike.com newsletter, if that's one of the things that you get in your inbox. So I invited anyone who was interested to be a part of it, and Niusha and Hannah stepped up to the plate. We had such a great conversation, and it was pretty long, and I didn't want to leave anything out. So we here at the Multipod decided to split it into two episodes. Part one released a few days ago, and if you haven't heard it, I really encourage you to go back and listen. This is part two, and in this part, we talk about whether or not there are parallels between heteronormative culture and quote-unquote non-multipotentialite culture, receiving pushback for our queer identities or multipotentialite identities, and using darkness and complexity to actually be empowered. I also do want to apologize for the audio quality. We had some technical difficulties, but the content is great, so please keep listening. And I was going to say, I would love to also bring this into the context of, like, we were talking in our chat before we uh, recorded this episode about how, like, the similarities between heteronormative culture and the culture, I guess, of non-multipotentiality. Mm-hmm. What are the parallels we see? And I'm seeing so many just from us talking. Mm-hmm. Like, like you're saying, you know, if somebody wants you to define your sexual identity in five seconds... It's the same thing as somebody being like, what do you do? And in my experience, in my situation, I'm like, well, I do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how am I supposed to sum this all up in a couple seconds? So I usually just say, well, I work in communications. And if they have more questions, mm-hmm. I guess they can ask. Uh, but it's very similar to, well, what's your sexual orientation? Not that anybody ever asks me that. But <laughs> if they did, it would be like, well, I guess I'm pansexual, but I don't really like labels. But like, I don't really care about other people's gender or body parts or like anything really I just want to know them as a person and nobody wants to listen to that (laughs) so yeah definitely I um yeah I was I was thinking a lot um about like at Nusha while while you were talking about um you know it's I really think most of the time people they really just mean to be friendly and they're just they're just you know that's that's part of why it's sad is because it's it's you know um it's sort of like misguided, but, um, but yeah, like, you know, where are you from? What do you do? What are you, what do you study? I mean, it's funny, like in college in high, in high school and college, it's always like, what are you going to study? And then what do you study? And then what do, yeah. now, what do you do with the thing that you studied? And, um, and you I do really, anything with the thing that you study. <laughs> <laughs> and it really is like, it's a, it's a, you know, I think on the, like in part, it's people trying to be friendly and, but I think that like, where are you from and what, yeah, what do you do? And sort of more implicitly, but although no one comes out and says it, what is your gender? <laughs> like, yeah. what, what are, what's your, like, what's your deal? Um, and like, <laughs> what's your um, deal? <laughs> yeah. You know, people, it's, it's not socially acceptable to be like, so what's your sexual orientation? But like people definitely try to like, there's subtle cues to, you know, people try to figure each other out. And they think and, it, um, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, they absolutely do. And I think, you know, part of it is that's just how people are trained to be friendly for whatever reason. But part of it is also, they want to put you in a box. They want to figure yeah. out how to categorize you because they, you know, they have labels in their head to like, and, you know, to, to help them 
sort of categorize people and, and figure people out. And um, I think both, you know, as both as queer people and as as multipods, you can you can really defy people's expectations and you have to make a decision in any given moment. Like, <laughs> do I just go along with it? Do I just, you know, like, like, I'm never going to see this person again, whatever, I'm like, totally disengaged? Or like, should I educate this person and, and tell them, like, you know, um, <laughs> Well, don't, don't, I mean, do you really want an answer when you ask me what I do? Cause, cause like I can, I could spend 10 minutes explaining <laughs> it all to you and, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> or like, uh, do you really want an answer of where I'm from? Cause I am just trying to buy a hot dog. So bye. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, well yeah. I mean, personally, I feel like, um, having sort of this, uh, identity as a multipotentialite and having whatever identity I have as my sexual identity and that kind of thing, like they do parallel each other pretty well because if I am having a hard time saying, like I'm, I have a hard time saying what I do, you know, just as my career. And then I also have a hard time saying who I am. <laughs> and it also pairs other parts of me as well. Like I uh, am half German, I have a German passport and speak the language. I've been there many times. And um, that also is hard to explain sometimes, right? Like where, and people ask, where are you from? And I'm like, well, do you want to know where I was born, where I grew up, where I live now, where I've lived in the past five years? It's just complicated. So it kind of makes me feel like it's, I don't know if it's like automatic that if you have various identities or a, an identity that's not easily labeled or whatever, if it automatically means that you're a multipod but I feel like I can really see that they can go hand in hand and it's it's very interesting um hmm. I think that uh we probably are getting to a wrapping up point a bit but we did have another question that I do want to hear what you all think so I, I'm not expecting you to give any like stories or history or anything that you are not comfortable with sharing so please keep that in mind but um have you experienced pushback in a way that like being a multi-potentialate, you know, people being like, well, you should have one path, you should have one job, you should have a job for 30 years and whatever. And have you received pushback also from like being queer? Like, do those parts of you, are there parallels there as well? Well, both of them, yes. Um, I, I remember that uh, two years ago when I was unemployed, um, I had a call with a CEO of a startup in Silicon Valley. And she was also from the Iranian background and she um well she had to study I think electrical engineering or something um in one of the best universities in Iran and she asked me about my background and I um I answered that I have studied these four different majors and she said well why why didn't you stick with one of it don't you think you wasted your time jumping from one and one to another and I, I was very shocked at that moment because I've never heard it this directly. I, w mm -hmm. I, I was told that I should narrow my resume and my resume looks very chaotic and non-focused. And I heard it every single day that when I was uh, job hunting. But mm -hmm. to be told that I, and the, that I made wrong decisions in my life doing a diverse um, education was very shocking to me um, and I said well no I think each of these um, 
experiences added something to me and I'm a very well-rounded person now and I can bring a lot to any team because of that uh but it was just one example out of thousands of the same judgmental uh, attitude um also with my identity um three weeks ago um a colleague of mine told me that uh, I think you would look very pretty with longer hair. Why don't you grow your hair long? And I said, um, I I like this. I like short. She said, well, guys like uh, long hair. And I said, I don't care what guys like. And I Whoa, probably don't like her. guys. And she, <sighs> she, she paused. And then she said, well, you know... I think girls also like girls with long hair. And I said, no, I, the girls that I like don't like oh. long hair. I was uh-huh. so shocked that something like that happened to me in my workplace. And a colleague uh, felt entitled to comment uh-huh. on my appearance and my expression um, and judge it. And then it, it turned into a conversation about queerness. And I... I and she didn't know what queer means or what patsexual means or what what non-binary means. And I explained a bit and I told her, you can go Google. There's a lot of content on the internet about it. Um, but I felt so attacked Yeah. Uh, in my private space. Yeah, yeah. And having this experience in an environment of engineering, which was my... Oh, yes. It's just one part of my identity, and I'm just suppressing a lot of artsy performance studies, theater parts of myself to be able to fit in in an engineering uh, environment and get paid. And also being like, being a, like, not, they don't intentionally attack me, but they just misunderstand and misgender me and uh, categorize me into. Um, very narrow boxes that I don't fit it happens almost every day and unfortunately the stem fields for our listeners science technology engineering and math are unfortunately notorious for those kinds of things for not having equal representation between men and women when we're talking about that gender binary but also LGBT folks Mm -hmm. definitely um, having a much lower representation of women right it's uh I actually work kind of in that field but in communications like making that sort of thing making the world aware of that sort of thing and yeah it's uh it's a big problem and um that's unfortunate and it yeah you're in a space where you should be feeling safe in a place where you can be productive and just do your job and then somebody comes along and feels like they have to tell you about your own life or what you should do with your life and it's like no this is not the right forum for this <laughs> like oh, <laughs> so frustrating so so frustrating yeah i don't know if i've i've definitely come up against i'm very privileged and lucky and fortunate that i had a family that for the most part did not care that I was marrying somebody who was female presenting. Uh, It was really not a huge deal. (laughs) And there were some things when I was younger that were a little bit problematic that I won't get into. But as an adult, 
My parents were very, they really embraced it and didn't have problems with it right away. And that's really awesome. And I'm very fortunate. And like I said, privileged to have that, but not everybody does. Um, and it's, it's sad. <laughs> and that's not the topic of the podcast, but, uh, you know, that's a whole other can of worms. But um, I definitely have had people comment on my, let's say, multi-potentiality. I've had people look at my resume and say, wow, you've done a lot of different things over the past two years. Look at you. You've had like three jobs in two years or whatever. And I'm like, how do you answer that in a job interview? How do you say, well, I was just kind of trying to figure out what I liked. You know, nobody wants to hear that. Uh, and I've had people say, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of other examples, but just sort of this, they've made it known and I'm a little bit all over the place. And mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? That's my business. And if people ever do make a comment, I just kind of try to change the subject or just not confront that because I just, I don't want to. I'm just like, I can't do this. <laughs> um, and it's not like it happens on a regular basis, but uh, it does happen. And I even do it to myself. I think, why can't I just focus on one thing? Why can't I just be with one company for 30 years and retire? Like, I am starting to kind of think that that might be something I want to look into just for the security of it and try to explore my multi-potentiality outside of work in other ways and things like that. But uh, there's definitely that self-imposed, like, why do you have so many interests? You're never going to be able to do all of them. And what's wrong with you? And that's one reason that I joined the Puttyverse, as it's called now, because I was like, I really want to hear what other people are thinking in that regard as well and get some advice and learn from others and that kind of thing. And um, it's tough. We live in a society that wants us to, you know, LGBT things, rights, etc., are getting way better in many places. Things are really happening. And that's amazing here in Canada where I live, you know. Nobody blinked when my, well, now husband, but when we got our marriage certificate and there were two female names, nobody cared. And uh, that's amazing. Um, but it is not the case everywhere. And to those people who are still struggling, I, I, uh, I say that I, I hear you and I, I am here for you and I may not totally understand your circumstance, but, uh, but I do understand it somewhat and just really hoping that things will get better. But yeah. And also that people will sort of recognize that we are multifaceted people. A lot of us, I think a lot of people call them like our multi-potentialites and don't have a label for it. And, uh, that's something that I think is getting more into the public sphere as well. People are talking about it more and stuff. So Yeah. You know, I like um, like you, Vanessa. I was very lucky to grow up in a family that was. Um, I never had any doubt that that they would accept me if you know, um, like whatever my sexual orientation turned out to be. Um, but that wasn't always the case with um, with everyone else that I met in in my life. And like in particular in high school, I had some I had, I had some conservative friends who like were um, very closed minded about sexual orientation. I don't know why, but they just, they thought it was wrong to be gay and, and thought that, you know, gay marriage is wrong. And I remember having some very heated conversations with them, um, and, and just sort of feeling like, 
you know, um, just just really, really depressed. And, and like, um, I mean, it, it affected me, I think, more than I, like, would have been willing to admit at the time. Um, I certainly wasn't going to come out to these friends. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, the thing is, when I when I got older, I mentioned this earlier, but my experience um, once I was finally able to to start being part of a queer community, like when I left my my hometown, um, you know, I, I mentioned this earlier that I I had the experience of like people often tried to convince me of what I was. People often tried to convince me that I was whatever they were, but but whatever it was, people always wanted to you know, to help me, like, like they wanted to, for some, somehow they had an agenda that like, and, and it, I, <laughs> maybe I am foolishly optimistic, but I, I always felt like it's coming from a good place. They're just, they're just completely misguided. Like, I think sometimes people, I think sometimes people kind of like, they see something in you that reminds them of the, of themselves. And so, and so it's like, oh, I can help you. Like I used to be like you and now I'm like me. So I can help, like I can bring you on this journey. And, and it's like, well, no, I'm j really, I'm just kind of experimenting and like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I had that experience many times, like up until kind of figuring out who I am, like, in terms of my, my sexual orientation, and, and romantic orientation, that's another thing, we didn't even, like, yeah, you, I'm a, sure, I'm yeah. sure you all know, I'm sure some of your labels are, <laughs> the, you know, anyway, um, but yeah, I, I had a lot of experiences, some of which were actually kind of traumatic, of, of people kind of, you know, trying to make me see, like, like trying to convince me of, of what I was, and, um, it, yeah, it was definitely, um, you know, a journey. It was, it was definitely hard for me both to, to, first of all, to realize, like, you know, my my identity doesn't depend on whoever I'm currently, or like, whoever, whatever they're trying to tell me. And then yeah. actually, and then actually, like, owning that and, you know, trying to, like, trying to convince people in the moment when, when this happens. But, um, and in some ways I feel like it was almost more insidious than the pushback that I got when I was younger, because at least when I was, when, when people just told me like, you know, it's wrong to be gay, it was very easy for me to be like, okay, no, that they're, they're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. wrong. It's easy to be angry, right? Yeah. 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 But, but if somebody's like, I want to help you and I'm totally open-minded, like I, you know, I, I think it's cool that, you know, maybe you're gay and I want to help you be gay. And like, that's cool. It's, it's like, well, is it cool? I mean, isn't yeah. it cooler if I, if I can just figure this out for myself? <laughs> yeah, you know. I actually can relate to that because when uh, my husband and I first started dating, um, we were two like females, I guess you would say. And I actually had a family member say to me, oh, I always knew that you were lesbian. And I was like, that's not my label. That's not how I identify. I, I, and this is a person that I totally respect and love. And I, but I, I just was like, yeah, no. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm sorry that you've had, yeah, those experiences. And uh, uh, both of you, I, I'm, I'm really like, um, I really admire your strength. Both of you have really like, figured out even if you're still questioning like we always question things we make question things for the rest of our lives but you've both done so much work in like figuring out who you are and being like that is what matters is me knowing who I am and figuring that out and yeah I'm, I just really I really admire that and I think like this conversation has been amazing for that just like these are you know two people who if you are ever uh, listeners, if you're ever questioning this whole theme that we're talking about today, like these two people are definitely giving us lots of 
food for thought in in this uh and yeah it's awesome i've really enjoyed this conversation yeah uh so Nayusha, you were the one who um sort of wrote the post on the puppyverse that uh inspired this conversation today so is there anything in particular that you think we still need to mention um no it, it was a really good conversation i really liked um that people commented and read and um now that we are doing this podcast i think it's a really important issue and i kind of want to end with two notes one of them is high one of them is low but <laughs> i think we can afford it now <laughs> um i think i mean i'm not as optimistic as hannah about people just wanting to be friendly i'm i can identify and label myself as a pessimist <laughs> and i think that um the the fact that people like the, the heteronormative culture and the expert centric or expert supremacy culture as i call it mm-hmm. uh wants to uh label people and categorize people in a very narrow way um it benefits those cultures. Um, it, that culture could be neoliberalistic, could be religious, could be conservative, whatever it is, it benefits from people identifying with only one gender and what is predefined and pre-assigned to us. And also people doing only one job in their whole life because they would be a cog in the uh, mm-hmm. corporation machine and they would bring the most profit whereas when we identify as many labels with our, within our gender and sexuality identities and also we we have so many interests we are people who are strong and empowered to question the establishments that's something that is not favored by those cultures mm-hmm. and um i think it it could be internalized in many people without even them knowing it and um, if they can put us in boxes of nationality and gender and interest and passion they would put it on put our put us in that box and label us as safe mm-hmm. as understood as figured out mm-hmm. and um, the fact that we empower one part of us like gender and ident- gender and sexual orientation identity or our multipotentiality, the other parts of us gets also empowered. Yeah. And, um, that was the higher note, and I think <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I think these com- these kind of conversations and sharing and making ourselves vulnerable in public um, and talking about all of these doubts and all of these experiences that we thought we only had when we were a child and no one else didn't understand, no one else around us had, this empowered us, whether it is in the queerness community or in the multipotential light community. Um, and I really appreciate that you, um, you gave me this platform to talk about it more. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm really glad that you were here to talk about it more. And uh, Hannah, if you have other things you want to say, anything you didn't get to say or anything at all. Um, Yeah, I just I I really appreciate um, this, you know, being a part of this conversation. um, And I've really enjoyed talking to both of you. 
just had a, like a side thought about why people wants to clarify you and i think it it could be i mean i'm just theorizing out in my like thinking out of my stomach so pardon me but i think i like uh, that expression because uh, <laughs> uh i i translated from persian um because when we were uh primitive human vagueness and mystery and not seeing what creature is outside of our cave would mean threat mm. and now not understanding someone not understanding what is their passion and their interest and their career trajectory and not understanding their identities whether it's sexual orientation romantic gender it means threat mm-hmm. and i think we it, it it would be very easy if it, it wasn't this complex um but i think people like us could should or at least me i i should um resist this uh tendency that people expects me from uh, expects me to be easy to describe easy to identify easy to label i should resist that because that comes from the fact that we tend to be afraid of threat and afraid of vagueness and afraid of complexity and mystery and darkness mm-hmm. uh, and that could could empower me and empower us um because as it turns out easy cl- clarifying and easy uh, describing means suppressing and marginalizing yes uh, certain absolutely. people yeah yeah absolutely well Yeah, that's a great note to end it on. Thank you both so much <laughs> for being here, giving me your candid thoughts and really honestly being pretty vulnerable. I think that this conversation there's so much to learn from. So, uh anybody listening who's in the puttyverse, if you want to continue the conversation, we'd love to chat about it in the forum. So, yeah, thank you everybody for listening and thank you both so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you Vanessa, thank you Hannah. Thank you again everyone for listening. We would love to hear from you if you have an idea for an episode or if you would like to be a guest or even if you'd like to help out with the podcast. You can email us at themultipodcast@gmail.com and if you're part of the Puttyverse, you can contact me or Ted or Flo there. If you are interested in finding out more about the Puttyverse and puttylike.com, visit www.puttylike.com. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.